Hey, uh, well, it's really fun for us to be with you. I'm Kyle and my wife, Lucina Thompson. Uh, we've been married for 35 years. Uh, we have, uh, <laughs> that is a You should a clap for that, for sure, when so you hear we our have story. A, we have a son, uh, Jordan, who's 28, and a daughter and son-in-law uh, who are uh, in their late 20s also here. And so uh, when Lucina and I got married 35 years ago, uh, we had great expectations for uh, what we expect when we get married, that we're going to have a, a long, a joyful, fulfilling, passionate, uh, mutually affirming marriage. And uh, it's what we signed up for. Uh, it's what we thought was coming. And uh, there was a video done a number of years back uh, that fill in kind of what happened next. So to accelerate the story, we're going to have you watch this. When Lucine and I got engaged, uh, I think most people would have said with where we were that uh, if anyone had a high likelihood of, and probability of having a long-lasting fulfilling, joyful, fun marriage, it was us. From the honeymoon on, I got to see that how on opposite sides of the spectrum we were from a personality perspective. Um, we're both pretty driven people, pretty kind of type A people, and yet there's some real distinct differences. Really, I felt like we were, we were doing great, that uh, you know, we were fulfilling kind of the design of what marriage is supposed to look like. And that, uh, uh, that got radically altered uh, one Sunday afternoon. He would withdraw, like the newspaper up and kind of, la, 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 I can't hear you. And I would get louder. And um, it's, I would scream, I would yell, I threw hairbrushes across parking lots, I, I stormed, I, I, I threw lots of tantrums, really something like you would see a, a child do. She said, I, I, need, to, I need to talk to you. And I said, great, let's sit down and talk. And uh, she said, well, uh, you need to know that, uh, that I don't love you, that I don't really like you, uh, that the thought of being married to you is repulsive to me, uh, that I, I look forward now each week to the fact that I get to travel and leave on Monday morning or Sunday night. and." Uh, I'm miserable, and uh, you also need to know that uh, that I made a commitment as a follower of Christ before God uh, to stay married to you until death do us part. And so I'm going to be praying for your death. I lost hope in God, as a, in His ability to fix it. I memorized verses, I could quote them, I knew what I was supposed to be doing and I knew that I had to crucify my flesh every day and take up the cross and I knew that I was supposed to, in honor, prefer one another and I, I, I knew those things and yet they fell apart on a daily basis and I began not to just lose hope but I began to hate. One of my first thoughts was, uh, God, what, what are people going to think? I've got to do something uh, so that uh, people don't view me as a failure. But as I moved through that, I, I think the Spirit started to take me where I was and uh, 
and he started to humble me. But beginning to look at um, how I related on a day-by-day basis, how I um, gave in to my flesh on a day-by-day basis, when I began to own that and own the little things, um, that's when I really began to see, um, to really begin to see a change. I'll be real honest with you. Uh, it got a whole lot worse before it got better. It was quite a, a journey. It was not overnight uh, transformation. Uh, we set out on, uh, as we look back, you know, on, on a marathon. You know, we were polarized. You do your thing, I do mine, and kind of never the twain shall meet. Today, I am loved. I'm cherished. I know I am the most important thing to him. And nothing else comes before that. And no matter what we face and the difficulties that we cross um, now or even in the future, um, He is for me. You know, I'm still uh, a fallen man. I'm still, uh, God's still growing me and teaching me. Lucina loves me enough to, to remind me of some of the ways that, uh, that I tend to isolate. Man, if anything, the greatest thing we have now is that we got friends that when I think I'm doing well and, and he doesn't hear me and I, I like get louder and louder and someone will do a check and they'll go, wow, Lucina, I just got to tell you what I hear and see you doing. The one thing we've learned uh, that's really important and I think a key to the health of our marriage is we are very, very quick to uh, work through issues and conflict. We keep very short accounts with each other. Um, and uh, we get to a healthy place again very quickly. It doesn't matter what has happened, He can redeem anything. And that's what He's done. He's taken my mistakes, my pain, my failures, and, um, and redeemed them for good. And, um, and really has given us a future and a hope to, together um, forever. We are a, a living example that God can redeem anything, and uh, our, ours is a story really of transformation of me and uh, that started us down a path of restoration of our marriage. And, uh, you know, as we look back, I think we really, I think I really missed it, uh, number one, because I didn't understand uh, God's design and roles for marriage. And I wasn't really committed to those anyway. I wasn't committed to follow Christ. I was committed to follow what seemed right to me. And um, the result of that was a, a fast progression of just selfishness that led to withdrawal and then deadness. And then you could see just hopelessness for, for Lucina. Uh, and then that then led down a, a painful road of betrayal for both of us of everything that we vowed on our wedding day. And, uh, you know, for me, I was very focused on my needs, uh, very performance-based, that, uh, you know, my love for Lucina was based on how I really felt she was loving me and all the ways that she was not playing the role that uh, she was supposed to as my wife. And, uh, you know, as conflict emerged, you saw I just withdrew uh, instead of engaging. And so I didn't pursue her. I didn't cherish and nourish her. I didn't love her. I didn't try to understand her. And I settled for what I just perceived was just a normal, okay marriage. Isn't this what everybody does? 
And uh, it's just what the enemy wanted to do to take me down. And just in the midst of that, as you can imagine, with the tension, uh, we had a deterioration of our physical relationship. And so as that happened, I just continued to resort to pornography and masturbation versus pursuing and loving my wife. And what that did is it left my wife alone. Uh, it left her vulnerable and hopeless and ripe to be preyed upon by somebody else. So the rest of the story, from my perspective, first, I'm not proud of those words. Secondly, the words, I'm going to be praying for your death, I actually journaled those. I didn't really articulate them at that moment. I did tell him the truth about it later. Um, but I'm not proud about it. That is, however, how I really felt. And I think some of you can relate. It's amazing how quickly after we say, I do, at an altar, we don't. I don't want what I have here, right here and right now. And so for me, what happened? Really five things, I think, in this progression that I'm responsible for. The first thing I did was I trusted my feelings versus what I knew to be true. And as a believer, you heard on the video, I journaled my despair, I memorized scripture, I prayed, and I still felt miserable. And God was still silent even though I believed in him and ran to him. Second thing I did was I realized now, looking back, I knew nothing of perseverance. I hadn't really been tested. This was my test, and I failed. Um, I should have read this verse. I should have understood this verse, um, but I didn't. From Hebrews 12, 12 through 15, listen. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight the path so that your feet um, or your feet, what is in your feet that is lame, even your marriage, may not be put out of joint, but rather may be healed. See to the to it, that no one failed to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble, and by it many become defiled. I should have heeded that verse. I should have known it. But instead, I let bitterness take root in my heart, and it colored all my thinking, and we were defiled because of that. As you heard on the video, I literally began um, to loathe and hate my husband. The third thing that happened is I was oblivious to the fact that I was vulnerable. I thought I was strong. I'd, I'd been a believer for a long time. I was bulletproof. And so that led me to continue business as usual. I was a consultant. I was traveling a lot. Warning, Will Robinson right there. There's a problem. And an emotional entanglement with someone I worked with turned into adultery. Like that. I mean, like that. I wasn't sure what happened. The guilt and shame were so overwhelming. But here's the really yucky part. So was the affirmation and attraction, um, the value that came out of that. I realized very quickly I was powerless to stop this unless I cut all ties with this person and ran back to the truth that I knew, ran to a Bible study, threw myself into things that I knew to be true. I clung in desperation to 1 John 1, 9. 
If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just and he'll forgive your sins and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I loved and ran to, of course, Psalm 103. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for you, um, for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far will he remove our transgressions from us. I confessed this to, to the Lord. And I believe he forgave me. I felt that forgiveness from my sin. But I vowed also, no one is ever going to know about this. I uh, did talk to one other person about it. I had a female friend whose marriage was also hanging by a thread. And as she spoke with me about what was happening, I said, I have to tell you my story. And you, you've got to stop what you're doing. You are playing with fire and you've got to stop it right now. But I said again, I'll never tell anyone else. How could that be good? It would be painful for everyone involved. We had children by this point. Besides, all the couples around us were living happily ever after. What a lie. That's a lie. I know that to be true. But that's how it looked to me at that point because no one talked about it. So I began to hope that maybe if if I leaned in, we could, be, we could get back to that somehow too. And that led me to the fourth thing. I began for the first time to focus on my part. You see, if you would have asked me up to that point, what was the problem in our marriage? He is. He's the problem. If he would just get his stuff together, we would be okay. If he would just treat me right, we would be okay. Well, now I knew my part was huge. No doubting it. So I began to look at me and inside of me instead of Kyle. And I began to see, as you heard on the video, lots of little ways every day in my tone, in my attitude, in my reactions to him that were sin every single day that led me there. And then lastly, um, it would be 14 years before we would have a big breakthrough. Believe it or not, 14 years I suffered silently believing no one should know this. I would hear of other people and grieve and that pit in my stomach that would rise up into my throat. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like what if they, that's me, that's me. Oh my gosh, I'm, I feel so terrible. And did nothing with it. But we came to Watermark when it first started. And at the very first leadership conference, Todd taught on the sin of Achan from Joshua 17. And if you're not familiar with that story, Joshua sinned and hid things under his tent. And it affected the, whole, the entire nation of Israel. Many were killed. Many innocent people lost their lives because of that. And his challenge to us is, if there's something you're hiding in your life right now that you have never told anyone, it will hurt us all. And now is your time to deal with that. I couldn't even get to the room before I was sobbing. Kyle's like, what in the world? What's wrong with you? We stumble into the room and it all pours out. And yet at that moment, as awful as it was, and it, and it was, that confession to Kyle um, and was followed by a rawness and a pain that actually brought a newness a freedom, a growth, and an understanding, and for the first time, true, complete forgiveness. Because I'd never asked the one that I had offended to forgive me, um, and, and therefore began an unconditional acceptance 
that I had never known before. And so where are we now? And you heard a little bit about now I know. Sitting here, I knew this before. I know I'm loved by my king and this man. I know that I'm accepted unconditionally by my father and this man. I also know that I am valued and I'm worth dying for by my savior. Um, But also this man, I know that. I also know Kyle cannot satisfy the deepest desires of my heart. That only God can do that. And I must never look at him for that or I'll I'll be left wanting every time. But he's an awful close second and really the greatest living testimony to the joy of my salvation. And so when, um, when Lucina shared that with me, uh, I, I was really overwhelmed with uh, just the sadness of what my actions had caused. And, you know, Matthew 5, uh, Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus just says, hey, you've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so I, I was a serial adulterer, and just the fact that that was true of me uh, drug my wife down uh, in a way that uh, put her in a position uh, to experience what she did. And so um, just in closing, some of the things I've learned and I continually remind myself of, number one is never, it's never too late to be faithful today. Uh, it doesn't matter what has happened in the past Uh, It's just never too late to start over today. And I love how that's the story of our Bible. We got a bunch of examples of that, how God uses our failures to refine and mold us uh, into all he intends. You see it with Moses, the murderer. Uh, You see it with Paul, the terrorist. Uh, We see it with David, the polygamist and the adulterer. Um, and so, you know, the bottom line is there, there's no plan B with God. Uh, God takes us where we are and he uses uh, our past and our sin in ways that allow us to experience uh, everything he intended. And, and the great thing is uh, just how these last years, uh, and they just seem to get better and better and better. Those expectations that I had uh, when Lucine and I... Uh, Uh, got engaged and married are now the things that we get to live, uh, everything he intended for us. And so it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And so thank you guys. Testing. We stay here so you can pray for us in a second. Um, There was some gold uh, in, in those hills there. So that will get posted up at some point. And so rather than me reteach any of it, uh, I would pull that down and I would listen to uh, their list and what they said and ask, uh, just ask the Lord, hey, what, what do I need to do? Where Where is my thinking incorrect? Or what do I need to uh, act upon uh, currently? Because there was some, just some fantastic stuff in here. The only thing I want you to know um, is, the only thing I want you to know is that uh, these guys, or Kyle, served as an elder here uh, for years. And uh, he's not an elder now, but he's, I don't know, if there's an emeritus status, that's what Kyle uh, would be. And we still go to him for counsel. Uh, he just doesn't have the, uh, the title because they just want to do ministry in a different way. And so oftentimes what happens, we're in a bad place. We think we moved from God's plan A to God's plan B. 
And so we messed up. God had this great plan for us, but we kind of messed that up. So now we go to plan B. So he won't use us the way he would on plan A. Uh, Our marriage won't be what it would have been on plan A. So we'll just kind of grind it out and see if we can handle or we can uh, stay on plan B. Unless we mess that up, then it goes to plan C and uh, and on and on and on. And I would just tell you, man, to, to think about that, to move from a place where I'm praying for this man's death to our marriage is such that they would ask uh, us to lead this church. And then I would say if anybody, like with integrity, if anybody has helped marriages in this church, it's these guys, right? And if anybody, you're going to clap, Donnie, like, ah, um, like you, you don't, this is just another couple to you. And I'm telling you, this is not just another couple. And they love each other. They love each other. And so many of you are just going, God, we messed this thing up. And so hopefully we just won't mess up whatever we fell to or so that we don't fall to this rung. And I'm just telling you, man, there, there can be, I don't know what God has for you, but there can be some amazing days ahead. Don't you believe that God, A, can't restore your marriage to a place of tremendous blessing where you look at each other with admiration, uh, and two, that God can't use you because that is just not true, okay? So for those of you guys that are here for the very first time, Super glad you're here in a second. Most of those folks are gonna walk out the back uh, doors there and we'd ask that you would come right here. We've got newcomers group uh, for you. Susan Cox will meet you. She'll share some of her story, tell you everything you need to know uh, about re-engage. So that will happen right here, okay? Those of you guys that have been to newcomers uh, but aren't in a closed group uh, to 10, 11, 12, um, that is over in the tower. And then if uh, Spanish is your uh, mother tongue, you can go to 207. Or if you just wanna like, I guess you could practice. Can you practice your Spanish? Like you want to grow in your Spanish speaking and your marriage? You do two things. You can, you can multitask. It'd be awesome, man. Get a lot done in one night. You can go to 207, okay? So that, that's probably it. Great. Kyle, would you pray for us, please? Well, Father, thank you that uh, you are a God of hope uh, just in the midst of hopelessness, just the ways that we can really mess things up and uh, just the ways that... Uh, uh, there is always restoration uh, in everything you intended available to us. And so I thank you for the way you bring dead things back to life, the ways that Lucine and I are a living example of that. And I do pray you would encourage these folks. I thank you for just the groups that you've put them in with folks that, that can identify and, uh, uh, and that are wrestling. And so just thank you that it is worth it. And uh, so I pray you would encourage them tonight. Thank you that... Uh, just that you are uh, a God that loves us unconditionally and unselfishly and just the ways you overwhelm us with that. And so we would get a picture and view of who you are in the midst of uh, how that allows us to truly forgive and receive forgiveness. And so we thank you for the way you love us perfectly through Christ. Amen. You guys go pursue oneness. We'll see you next week.